Welcome to this week's episode of the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about a whole lot of strategies that small business owners can use to, to eliminate bad decisions in their business. And it's really come from a chat I was having with my guitar coach, Jake, and we're sitting down and we're mapping out the songs we're going to be planning to, to learn over the, the next few months. And Paul Kelly's Dumb Things came up, which is a classic song. Uh, if you haven't heard it, when you pause this podcast now and go and download it from iTunes, it's a, it's a cracker. But in the song, Paul Kelly talks about all the dumb things that uh, he's done during his life. And it sort of got me thinking about small business owners can make a lot of mistakes. It's really hard battle out there. And, you know, just doing those dumb things can really cost people and, and make, make small business life so much harder than it needs to be. So I've come up with a few dot points here about some of the things that make small business really challenging. And if we can avoid these mistakes, we, we won't be doing those dumb things as Paul Kelly would say. So, number one, one for any small business, just not knowing your margin. If you don't know your margin, how will you ever know if you will ever make a profit? Uh, plenty of clients out there, unfortunately, they're very busy and they're losing money. They'd actually be better off sitting on the beach and doing nothing than going in and busting their tail because they're losing money on every single job. Not knowing your margin, that's just a, it's a, it's a crime for small business. So, to, and that, that means factoring all the cost of sales and you know, really understanding what it costs to um, to produce a product. Um, and secondly, second point would be, you know, once you know your margin, but not knowing your break-even point. So you might know that you can make some, you know, you, you sell a, enough of a, a given product or a service that you'll make some money on it. But how much of it do you need to sell to actually break even and hopefully do more than break even, actually make a living? So. You know, as an example, um, if you're selling uh, widgets and you sell them for a hundred dollars, but the cost of the widgets is ninety to produce, you've got a gross profit of ten dollars there. Now, if your operating costs to to keep the doors open, you know, your rent, your wages, your other bits and pieces, your insurances, your phone, all those types of things, if they're sort of sitting at two hundred, well, that means that you know, just to break even, we've got to sell twenty units per month at a margin of ten in order to just cover our costs. Now, the reason this is important is that it really helps small businesses realise, well, how close are they to ever making a profit? Um, because if they're currently turning over one or two sales a month, it's generating a, a fairly small overall gross profit. Maybe they need to, to seriously uh, reconsider whether they're in business or reconsider how they, they're operating their business. So next item, which I, I find some small business owners can can uh, lead to, to uh, a lot of problems is having your finance structures not in place or structuring your of or financially structuring your business poorly. And by that I mean, um, you know, it's not unheard of for people to you know start their business with a uh, a very small amount of, of of money saved or even on a on a credit card. They just have very quickly realised they're running out of money. And they've got no ability to get more finance to actually grow their business. Similarly, uh, I've had a, a fortunate experience where someone acquired a business via vendor finance, and which is where you know they figure well we'll pay the former owner of the business out of the profits of the business over time. But they've never factored in, um, you know, like basically paying a very large amount of money back over a twelve-month period. The same way you probably wouldn't uh, even attempt to uh, buy 
or repay the bank on a, a home loan over, say, one year. You'd never do that in a small business where you had a significant chunk. So really making sure that you've got your finance in order, in place, uh, and it's matched. Ideally, the, the life of the loan is matched to the, the life of the asset so that you've got not place, placing yourself under uh, too much undue pressure. Um, Point four. Now, look, having financials up to date. Now, yes, I'm an accountant, um, so I'm, I'm biased, but this is just, you've got to do your figures anyway uh, for your compliance purposes, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about having your numbers up to date so you can actually get a handle on your financial position, not for anyone else, just for you. Because if you can see that, you know, you are making good margins, you're, the tre- you're trending upwards, you're trending downwards, you can be more agile, you can adapt. If you can't do that, then really, um, or, or if you're only pulling your figures together sort of six, eight months after the fact for your, you know, your, your compliance sort of things for your accountant, then how can you possibly make a good decision? It could be that you're onto an absolutely winning idea uh, and you've ignored it because you didn't realise it was actually making you money, or conversely, you might think you're actually making money and you've pursued an idea which has just got no legs and and it's actually delivering you know really poor margins or negative margins. So having your financials up to date, really important from that. And also linking into the prior point around getting financials, if you don't have your financials up to date, when you go to the bank, you will not be able to get money. Or if even if you can get money from the bank, you will not be getting ba- uh, finance at the best rate possible because... Uh, you might be able to get a low doc loan or this or that, but if you've got completely up-to-date financials, forecasts, everything in order, you are best place. You're going to have so much more choice around who to go to to get finance. Next item is, is just being structured poorly. Uh, again, this comes down to just going and speaking to uh, a, you know, a qualified accountant at the, at the outset, ideally. Um, now, structuring is cr- absolutely critical for tax, also for asset protection, and the ability to add new partners, equity and equity holders in the business. So depending on what you want to achieve with your business, make sure you've got that, that mix right. Um, it's not all about saving tax. Um, they none of us like making uh, more tax than we have to, um, but make sure you've got that, that structure right, taking into account all those items so that uh, it's the most appropriate um, structure for you. One of the, the really dumb things that um, we're all guilty of is high-value team members doing low-value tasks. So, you know, part of getting to the contest for me is, you know, making sure that you know what is absolutely critical for you to do and where you're going to add the most value and pushing low-value tasks down to team members or or outsourcing them or, frankly, eliminating them. Um, So getting a grip on where your time goes. I've heard of um, business coaches that... Uh, actually, you know, get people to map out where their time goes over the course of, you know, a week or a fortnight. And then on each type of activity that you're doing, put a dollar value at what value is that generating for the business. And if it's not in the, you know, the once you identify where you're adding the most value, if you can double the amount, of, if you're only spending 10 hours a week doing high value things, well, and you, you've got 10 hours of of low-value admin-type tasks that can be done by someone else. Well, you 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 got to double your productivity by by pushing that or, or and delegating that down and getting out and doing what you're best at, and that's going to add most value to the team. So once you've identified that, just identifying that is an eye-opening um, and, and understanding where your time goes is is probably step one. Um, but just be aware of that. Uh, linked to that next point 
ignoring tech, and I, tu- I touched on this, um, this comes down to doing non-core tasks. Well, you know, my, my philosophy is let's eliminate non-necessary tasks if we can by better systems. And if we can't eliminate them, let's automate them. And if we can't automate them, then let's delegate them. So technology can eliminate many, many tasks. Uh, look, I'm not just talking about accounting software here. Uh, obviously, that's the area where we work in. But, you know, the, the, the things like your hub doc, your receipt bank, and, and obviously your zero, your bank feeds. Like if you're still doing your accounting work uh, the same way you were doing it five years ago, let alone 15 years ago, which many people still are, then you are probably doing it in a highly labour-intensive fashion. And the same sort of improvements are across all areas of your business. You've just got to be prepared to um, go looking for a better way. Next point, many small business owners love chasing the bright, shiny objects. This sort of connects to the, the earlier points around where where do you add the most value? Don't be distracted by what's cool and looks fancy and is exciting or whatever. Just make sure whatever that is that you're doing is focused and is, is out there helping you to deliver and implement what you're adding the most value for you, your business and your clients. Um, don't don't go chasing the next exciting thing just because, right? So it's it's that balance between, yes, you can't ignore technology and, and all the other things that, that will improve your lifestyle and, and your business life, but you can't just get distracted. Stay on track and stay focused. Next point, making it hard to do business. So it's so frustrating when you see businesses out there that, that – make it hard to do business. And by that, I mean, it can be like by having a, a, a difficult website to navigate um, or even, you know, in a retail environment. Uh, I've got an example. Uh, I was up at North Queensland last year, up at, uh, just up at Cairns, and there was a 40-degree day or thereabouts. There was an ice cream shop. We went in, there was a big queue, and one, well, one, there was a big queue, so that put people off. And then, so, you know, clearly they were understaffed. But most, lots of people walked out the door because you'd get sort of get in and you're ready to buy. And they had a sign saying cash only. So, you know, I, I tend not to carry too much cash these days. And I wanted to buy, you know, family four ice cream. All I, I just wanted to tap the card and they would have had my, you know, 25 bucks or whatever it was going to be. Ended up walking out and going, you know, up the road to where they could actually, you know, take the card. So there's absolutely no excuse these days for not having, you know, an easy point of sale unit. Like if, if the Kalani Vale Bombers Football Club can have tap and go for their local bar and, you know, run by volunteers, then then anyone can have it. So um, please please make it easy for people to do business with with you. Other common mistakes people make, taking on any customer. Now, it's so hard when you're a small business saying no to paying work or to, to, to any customer. Um, you know, there's a, you know, in the early days, you, you pretty much do take on anyone and, and it, it's very hard not to. But, you know, I, I always like to refer back to the John West slogan, you know, it's the fish that you reject um, that will make your business, you know, so... Make sure you've got your ideal client and don't let your non-ideal clients get in the way. So that might mean, you know, the, the, when I say oh, your ideal client, you know, that, that you really that might be a whole podcast in itself, but investing the time to get that, that avatar perfectly so you know exactly who you want to work for, but also the type of work you want to be doing so you're not stuck doing s- stuff that is not in your core service or, or that you can do but frankly, is not as profitable. Don't get bogged down trying to be all things to all people. Um, Be prepared to say no 
so that you do have the capacity to look after your really good clients and serve them well rather than do uh, um, perhaps letting letting the non-core clients clutter up your business. Next point, starting with the end in mind, um, what are you trying to achieve in your business? Um, is it is it actually feasible? Have you have you most people start a business? They've got some idea, hopefully in their mind, other than they just don't want to work for someone else. But they've got some in, idea in their mind of what they want to achieve. And typically, that might be you know they want to have a good lifestyle. They want to be more profitable. They you know they, they want to be in control of their own destiny. But you know I'd say really spend the time to map that out. Get clear in your own mind. And then work out, is it actually feasible? Um, now, because if you don't do that, what happens is you actually end up building a prison for yourself under the guise of being an entrepreneur. So, you know, make sure that every, once you know where you want to be, every decision that you make strategically um, and on a daily basis needs to be, well, is it getting you further away or closer to that end goal? Um, and, it, you know, if you simplify it down to that level, don't don't let your business um, or don't go through your business without being clear on what you want to achieve because otherwise, well, you'll never get there. You'll just get somewhere that is the default option, um, which could be a million miles away from where you actually thought you were going to get to. Linked to that is just no documentation. Many small businesses starting out, all the IP is trapped in the mind of one person. Makes a business really hard to run, hard to scale and impossible to sell. So, you know, for obvious reasons, you know, again, there's a whole other podcast here. Um, I highly recommend, uh, you know, you, you, uh, you know, getting out and, and reading, you, you know, getting a, an, a, an intranet, um, getting some videos on how to's in your business and, and also just making sure that if it's all on you, well, that, that you, you, you fix that because, Guess what? We all want, you know, we all want to have holidays. We all want to get away from the office and that can't happen if it's all on one person. Um, if in doubt, go and read, you know, you should go and read The E-Myth by Gerber. Uh, great book. It'll, it'll talk about all, all of the, the importance of having those systems in place. Uh, classic book. It'll take you about three hours to read. And if you haven't read it, you, you really should. Linked to that is just defining roles and responsibilities. Again, as you grow, like you might be a small small business, it could be, you could be a one-person business. So you are responsible for every role, but I'd still map them out. Map out every single role and task and procedure in the business, work out who's responsible for those. And then, then the key is as you grow your business, how do you rub your name out and put another person's name in? Uh, and that's the way you'll grow your business so making sure it's clear and then once people are are in you've got a different person in that role we'll make sure it's absolutely clear so there's no duplication there's no treading on each other's toes and the person has the authority and the resources to do that job properly that will free you up to scale your business point 14 now keeping your customer front of mind um, look, and here's, here's a dumb thing I once did. I, I, I once had a mentor asking me to describe my perfect business and I told him precisely how it would work, what the office would look like, who would be in it, the people that would be in it, the type of work we would do, how happy everyone was, you know, the, the hours per week I was going to be working, um, the equipment we'd have, the software, the, the sort of the vibe and the feel that we would have within the office. Um, and he kept pressing me and I kept adding more and more. And then he said, well, are you finished? 
And he said, well, I think you've forgotten one thing, and that's the customer. So, you know, never, ever forget making a great client or customer experience. No business exists without clientele or customers. So make it a great experience. Now, no one likes being sold to, but we all love to buy stuff. So, you know, make it about the client, make it about the customer, and they will be, um, you know, you cannot ever take your eyes off that. Um, and, and if in doubt, measure it. Get your client feedback, um, you know, from various surveys, forms, whatever it's going to take. But that um, you can never never take your eyes off. Next point. Having a mentor. So I've touched on this a few times. Very rarely do people do it all themselves. So have people you trust to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Sometimes it's the, the, the tough love that people can give you um, in at stages of your life that, that sometimes is a little uncomfortable, but that's what that, you know, discomfort uh, is, is often um, a sign of growth. So, you know, put yourself in front and around people that you respect that can give you some guidance um, and they will, they will help you step back and, and ideally take that, um, you know, perhaps a, uh, a high level view of your business as well. So, you know, when I know when we speak to various mentors in in my business, um, Jeremy and I, you know, ideally we like to, you know, phones down, no distractions. Ideally, out of the office, and we've got we've got a couple of respected people that we'll sit with who will run through the numbers and just bounce ideas off, and and they can you know hold us accountable and you know pass on some wisdom. And ultimately, help us avoid making the sorts of mistakes that um, might be made. So leverage the the people in your network. Now, that could be someone such as you know your, your trusted advisor, like an accountant or a lawyer. Um, it could just be uh, an experienced family, you know, a family friend who's been there, done that, um, or 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 someone that you you know could be. You can actually advertise and, and find a retired company executive that's just looking to to get back and give back to the community. So there's no shortage of people that are prepared to help. You've just got to be open to that concept. Uh, and look, finally, and this links into the, the very uh, beginning of, of the where this podcast, this particular episode of the podcast came from, is having an outlet. Now, for me, uh, those regular listeners to the podcast know uh, I'm, a, I'm still playing Australian Rules football and love to get out there have a kick and tackle and, and uh, get out there and just lose myself for um, a few hours a week of training and a, a few hours a week on the weekend to um, to get out there and, and, and have a crack and, and, and get to the contest and, and have some fun playing footy. Having an outlet like that, um, also playing guitar, uh, for me, something that is just so... I don't have a musical boat in my body, I don't think, and I and it started playing guitar at a, at a relatively old age. Um, again, just a challenge. It's 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 amazing. You you don't when you're having your lessons, you cannot think of anything else. You have to be so focused, and in a way, it's kind of you know, and that's what works for me. That and some exercise, and um, you know, so the football and the guitar, they're, they're the little outlets that for me mean that I come back refreshed and focused uh, and it's amazing sometimes you're coming back from football or on the on the drive home from guitar or something and you know an idea about the business will pop into your brain that solves a problem um, now for some people it'll be going to the gym it'll be yoga doesn't matter what it is but having an outlet you cannot be in your business 24 7 
all the time. It's unhealthy and frankly unprofitable because you you will not be at your your peak performance. So even the most uh, you know Olympic athletes, when they they always have to taper before a major event, they like to you know they should have outlets so then they're not burning so much energy ready before a, a massive race. And the same should be be for business. Now business, there is no race; it's never ending. Um, so you need to consciously have that time out. Otherwise, you'll just burn out. So, Anyway, there was, there was about 16 points there that uh, have come up there. So uh, hopefully you get a little bit out of that and look forward to having you for the next episode of the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast. Mm-hmm.